0: You're listening to a CNA Podcast. And circling back to our top story, Thailand's opposition parties trounced their military-linked rivals in Sunday's poll. But there's uncertainty in the formation of the next government and the appointment of the future prime minister.
1: Asia Tonight's Way Weisoo there following the Thai elections on the 14th of May. The election was seen as a referendum on the military, which has ruled Thailand for nine years since a coup in 2014. The result was an overwhelming desire for change. According to the Election Commission of Thailand, more than 75% of the country's 52 million eligible voters cast their votes. It was the highest turnout ever, with the opposition Move Forward party the biggest winner. Our Thailand correspondent, Saksith Sayasombat, is back again to talk us through the election and, more importantly, what happens next. Because despite knowing who the biggest winners and losers are, Thailand is still waiting for the formation of the next government and who the next prime minister will be. But first, how are you, Saxi? That was a, a busy, busy period for you covering this election.
2: Hello, Steve. Yeah, for the first time in three weeks, I finally got some proper sleep. And was finally able to recover and also finally not to think about poll numbers and election results and constituencies and all these stuff and think about normal stuff.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't just you, Mei Wong and your teams over there in Thailand were on air and online so much. Over the election, it was a hectic campaign plus an election night that went on perhaps longer
2: than than any of you expected. A little bit, a little bit longer than we expected. We all wrapped up at midnight, but you also have to consider that we were up since four or five a.m. in the morning to accompany the whole election day from before the polls were open and way beyond the polls were closed and the first numbers were trickling in.
1: Yeah, and you've recovered. I, I understand you got a bit ill after the elections.
2: A little bit. I mean, it has worn me down, So, but now I'm up and about again.
1: Yes, and good to have you back with us. So, we deliberately gave some space before doing this episode so we could see where things were once the dust settled on the election. We now know that the opposition and progressive party move forward was the biggest winner in the official results. It's pulled together seven other parties to stake its claim to lead Thailand, but it how did it manage to become the dominant party in this election?
2: It's, first of all, move forward winning this election or gain, getting the most seats was something that really nobody expected. I didn't expect that. All the experts and all the observers uh, and colleagues that I know and talk to, we all didn't expect this at all. We all f- assumed that the other main opposition party, the Purtai party, would come out on top but not move forward. And But then when I started to look into the election data and all the results, then I actually started to see and understand what was actually going on because Move Forward, not only did they won a lot of constituencies and also in a lot of places where we would assume that other parties would win, but also they won the party list seats, so the second ballot. So basically a lot of people were throwing their votes at them. So once the dust has settled, once we know that Move Forward actually has the claim to form a government coalition, they went right ahead, reaching out to seven other parties, most of them of the previous opposition party and to uh, couple together a new coalition government.
1: How, how did they manage to win so many votes and surprise everyone, including yourself?
2: In, in my opinion, it was not only a rejection of nearly a decade of military-backed rule, a rejection of Prime Minister Prayuth Janusha because there was a real fatigue of him in power, right? He has been in power for nearly a decade, nine years now, and the country, a lot of people fear that the country has not moved forward under him. So that's one factor. But the other factor that it uh, explains here, because classically, you would say, okay, then it goes to the other opposition party, that would be Purtai, but Purtai lost as well. So, it is a rejection of old-school politics as well, where patronage uh, still plays a big role, where it counts a big role, who knows who, local powers, etc., etc. So, this is a rejection of old-school politics as well. So, the majority of voters, what we're seeing here now, is that they want actual change, they want ideological-based change, and policies as well. So, this is why they throw their... uh, Support and hopes with move forward. Whether or not they will be able to fulfil that, that's of course still far flung in the future.
1: So actually, as the night was sort of unfolding, give us a sense of the mood at move forward. They must have been very happy to see the numbers come in in their favour. How did they react? How did they celebrate? And and tell us a bit more about their man of the moment, Peter Limjonrat.
2: Yeah, unlike at other parties, uh, the mood at Move Forward headquarters was getting better and better as the night went on, and the numbers were trickling in, counting up to a majority. But you know, it was a little bit interesting because the count wasn't done during the night; it was actually done the next morning. So ties were going to bed. With some uncertainty how things would fall out. Uh, I went to bed uh, with uncertainty as well and very little sleep. But then the next morning when people woke up and then saw that Move Forward was actually in the lead and were actually going to win this thing, I think that's when um, people realized that something was afoot, something was something major was going to happen and then during the day uh, as things went on, my social media timelines became also more orange, you know the colour of the Move Forward party Uh, a lot of people were posting um, orange emojis as well, so basically a lot of people were taking this well a lot of people were positive about this outcome as well, and so was Move Forward leader Peter Lim a 42-year-old Harvard-educated young man, a former Grab executive and the leader of the Move Forward party since the previous incarnation the future forward party was dissolved about three years ago he stepped in and took over and um, also took the liberal progressive torch of that party forward into this election campaign as well and of course he was the man of the moment he was absolutely positive absolutely gleaming and also more than willing or he presented himself to be more than willing to be the next prime minister of thailand of course that's way too early to say that but the mood in the country at least part of it it was really something that i haven't seen in a while So, so much positivity so much hope so much joy and jubilation, at least for those that have supported Move Forward. Uh, that's something that I haven't seen in a long time. And curiously enough, Move Forward actually held a victory parade of sorts on Monday afternoon and Monday evening, meeting up at Democracy Monument, which is a very iconic place in Thailand where you had a lot of pivotal political moments in Thai history, mostly anti-government protests or military coups, but having an election victory at Democracy Monument with so many people and so many people spontaneously being there, just celebrating not only a victory of a party, but maybe also a victory of democracy. I think that is something that hasn't been there before. And I think this is something that has made a lot of ties hopeful. Whether or not this hope will be held up, that's, of course, a different matter. We will see that in the next couple of weeks.
1: And I understand as well that Move Forward was very active, on social media and made a lot of use of TikTok to reach out to younger voters. Uh, do you think that made a difference as well and perhaps tipped the balance for them?
2: It played a role. In order to understand that, we need to go back a little bit. Move Forward is just the latest incarnation of a political party called the Future Forward that has uh, popped up on the scene in 2018. And it is a liberal-progressive party. Uh, for Thai is radically liberal-progressive. And that's why it has the support of a lot of young voters. And of course, you know, being social media savvy and technology savvy, uh, all these voters were already on those platforms. And the party just simply tapped into this. And in this election, even more so than usual, a lot of them were using TikTok. Because also, there was a plethora of debate shows here in Thai media. And uh, Peter Limteren, the leader of the Move Forward party, was on nearly all of them, sometimes at the same time. I don't know how he did that. Um, (laughs) But in this bite-sized society that we are living right now, all these zingers, all these one-liners, all these very good soundbites, of course, they get shared around on social media as well. And Move Forward did particularly well on that. But also, you know, they were not the only party doing that, but they were just doing it better than anybody else.
1: Now, Before the election, uh, Thai was considered Thailand's main opposition party. You touched on it a bit earlier, but if you could elaborate, what happened to its ambitions of winning a landslide of more than 300 seats and potentially a third Shinawat claiming victory? At the end of the day, it didn't even get anywhere close to 200, let alone 300.
2: I think they're asking them themselves what happened, right? I mean, they're still licking the wounds and they're still flabbergasted about this outcome. And then because you know, we all say that, yeah, Prime Minister Prayuth Janosha uh, has lost the election, but Purtai has lost the election as well, right? We're talking about Purtai, what you just said about their landslide, but this landslide has been ruined. Instead, we're getting an orange rush by move forward. So what what happened there is, uh, I think there are many factors. They were banking on... The Shinawatra family legacy, so of Thaksin Shinawatra, the former prime minister of the early two thousands, who's been in exile now, who but still has considerable enjoys considerable popularity, um, and they sent his youngest daughter into the race as prime minister candidate. Some colleagues, not me, but are saying that her giving birth to her second child in the middle of campaigning, and also thus taking a small maternity leave, didn't help. Yeah, you know, because she was basically gone for a couple of weeks. But more so, in my opinion, the problem is just simply that Purtai A stands for old school politics, what I just mentioned. And also B, they weren't really clear whether or not they were going to reject going into a coalition with the former previous government parties, especially the ruling Palang Pashara parties. So they were Very late in their messaging saying that we will definitely do not go into a coalition with them. We will stay on this side, on the pro-democracy side. And I think this wishy-washy attitude also cost him a lot of votes. And then, of course, Taksin himself, he couldn't help himself, after the birth of Per Tan's second child, Thaksin tweeted something along the lines of, I'm going to come back to Thailand. I mean, as I said, he's in self-exile. He's been the political boogeyman for a lot of conservative people. And the specter of him coming back to Thailand is uh, definitely scaring a lot of conservative ties, but it's also probably scaring a lot of undecided voters because everybody knows if he comes back, that only means more political trouble. And I think that is also what cost him the election.
1: Okay, so tell us more about then the man of the moment, Move Forward's leader and Prime Minister candidate, Peter Limjurenrat. I'm hoping I've pronounced his name
2: correctly. Peter Rat, yeah, that's correct. 42-year-old young man. He would be, we always have to put put this caveat, and he would be uh, the second youngest Prime Minister in Thai history. He is as I said a young young dashing man. He went to secondary school in New Zealand. He went to Harvard University also completed a masters at MIT was a grab executive here in Thailand uh, for a very short time. So he's this young, dashing, internationally-educated Thai that a lot of Thais actually aspire to. And I think that he is definitely seems to be, at least from the optics, the right man for the right time for a lot of Thai people. And I think that also helps why Forward did pretty well, because a lot of Thais, and especially a lot of young Thais, felt represented by him.
1: Now, Move Forward Party and its coalition partners have signed a memorandum of understanding outlining their key policy objectives. Some of the more radical items for Thailand include legalizing same-sex marriage and ending military conscription. Uh, Tell us more.
2: Very unprecedented for Thai politics. These parties have actually agreed to sign an MOU and a memorandum of understanding, basically outlining their policy principles that they want to do when they come into the next government. You said a few points already. Legalizing same-sex marriage, which to be fair, it has to be said that some form of marriage equality reform has been already ongoing in parliament since last year, but also ending military conscription here in Thailand. That is also some very radical ideas that are not only going up against the military, but also against the whole establishment in that self. And finding common ground with other political parties that are maybe not as radically liberal, progressive as move forward was very hard. We know that they have been wrecking their heads for day and night for several days prior to that and up to the very last minute before this MOU was signed, just about an hour or so from what we heard, they were still haggling about the wording, about what goes in and what goes out, you know? Uh, Of course, there has been a leak of the draft MOU. Some points were ended up in the actual form, but some other points didn't end up in there. So during the signing ceremony, I had the opportunity to ask Peter lim because the MOU, it shows the why and the what, but it didn't explain the how that much. So I posed simply the question, how?
1: Memorandum of understanding is about shared values, uh, shared commonalities, you know, shared Agenda and also shared accountability because we're here today right in front of you right in front of the media Right in front of the international community. So I think that's that shows some sense of Accountability of this memorandum of understanding which is the first time in uh, Thai political history
2: Indeed, it is the first time in Thai political history, as I mentioned before. We know it from other countries, from other Western countries, where they would have a coalition agreement, coalition contract, but usually they are pretty thick and they're also pretty detailed in what they are laying out. So having it in this form, basically a statement of intent, that is also quite um, all right already. Because you know, back in the day, they would actually only agree on things with a handshake and then pretend like nothing has happened if things go the other way. (laughs)
1: Yeah, so they've actually put their sort of not necks on the line, but they've actually come out to declare what they intend to do. But one of the things that they that was not on their to do list is to reform the Les Majesté law, which was something that he had sort of campaigned on to a certain extent.
2: In a way, and that has been a major bone of contention and a major uh, discussion point here. Uh, the Les Majestés Law is the law that criminalizes any criticism of the monarchy with 15 years in prison per offense. and It has been a hugely controversial law because critics say that this has been used to stifle free speech. And uh, we all remember the anti-government protests in 2020 and 21 where they were not only going against the government of Prime Minister Prayuth but against the whole political system as a whole, including the monarchy hundreds of activists have been charged now and awaiting trial and they are threatened with prison and of course this is a topic that a lot of people want to see change but then again at the same token a lot of people don't want to see it change because they are fearing that this is just the first step of abolishing the monarchy which by the way is nonsense you know talking about the less majesty law itself is not illegal that is has to be very clear even though some might people might uh, want to show it the other way now Move Forward has been very vocal about this issue, and they have been very vocal about amending the Les Majesty Law, not abolishing it. They have brought it up again and again in all the debate shows and during the campaign. So, of course, once they are now in the driving seat, the hope is that they would also put it in the MOU. But it's not in there, and it leads to show that there is no consensus um, between Move Forward and all the other parties. Of course, he has been asked about that a hundred of times after the MOU signing. He still insists that the party itself, the Move Forward party, will bring some form of legislation to reform Les Majestés law in the parliament itself. Whether or not they will actually have the support or enough support of everybody else, that's very doubtful, especially after having seen it missing in the MOU. Okay, so it's a
1: watch this space for now on that one. Still ahead on CNA Correspondent, what happens next? Will outgoing Prime Minister Priya Janosha quietly leave politics? Will the military fall in line with Thailand's electorate's desire for new leadership?
0: There was a time in the middle of last year when it seemed that the China we're familiar with was a completely different place. When the rest of the world moved on from the COVID-19 pandemic, as many as 300 million Chinese people were under some form of a mandatory lockdown.
1: There were only two things on my mind, to find food and to not go
2: crazy.
0: Then suddenly, the people decided to take things into their own hands. For the first time in more than 30 years, protests swept through China. And just like that, Zero COVID ended. Join me, we do, for a look back at the extraordinary year in China and hear how it might have changed the country for good. Catch a Red Wall Inside China's Zero COVID World, a two part podcast series by CNA. It's available now on the CNA and Me Listen apps, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Thailand's outgoing Prime Minister Prayut Chan-o-cha has thanked voters and congratulated all parties after he suffered
1: a major loss in the weekend election. The election has taken place and thank you for casting your votes. I would like to congratulate all the parties that have received votes from the people. From now, it's a transition and formation of a government. All ties should love each other and be united for the country without conflict, work together to develop the country to maintain, proper and sustain the national institution for the country's development and future. Don't Tan there with a rather somber-sounding Priot Janosha. You're back with me, Steve Lai, and CNA's Thailand correspondent, Saxith Sayasombat. Saxith, is this the end of the line, or the end of, for Priot in politics?
2: Highly likely. Highly likely, it seems to be that this is uh, going to be the political end of um, Prime Minister Prayuth Janusha. In order to understand Prayut, we need to go back in time a little bit. He came to power in 2014 with a military coup, back then as an army chief, toppling the government of uh, Yingluck Shenawat, and he ruled Thailand ever since. Yes, there was an election in between where he was reconfirmed as prime minister, but there is a huge legacy of Military intervention in Thai politics. We will get to that point a little bit later. But Prayut, despite his best efforts of transforming himself from a very stern and reluctant military man to a full-blooded politician, as we have seen um, during this campaign. I mean, can you believe that he actually went full on campaigning on Kaosan Road, doing songkran with water pistols and all?
1: Wow, it's quite a departure.
2: It's quite a departure, and it's quite a transformation, but it was not enough. Curiously enough, me and my team, we were at the United Thai Nation party on election night, so the party that is supporting Prayuth Shah as prime minister. And once the numbers were trickling down, yeah, that that mood was in the bottom as well. They there were very long faces. Well, there were very few faces, first of all, but the few faces that were actually there, they were very long. Prime Minister Prayuth himself, he came into the building itself. He went up there with the party seniors. According to our information, we definitely know that the mood was not good at all. Um, It was actually pretty bad. And then during one point in the evening, Braille came down and literally stormed out of the building. He didn't talk to nobody. Of course, he had to go through... All the assembled media in the lobby, that was a bit of a scrum, to say at least, but he literally went there with proverbial blinders uh, through the, uh, the press strong and went out into the night, and then left to his, his party executives to talk about this. Of course, they put on a brave face saying, you know, for a new political party, the fact that we got so many MPs, that is great, yada, yada, yada. Um, but you couldn't get certain- away from
1: the fact, though, that the man yeah. in Priy- Janusha himself, was- had not done at all as well as he had hoped
2: the reality is they lost period they will not form the next government period that's the end of the road for him period so that is uh, what they are what they are facing um little side note if you allow me i don't know if you remember that so the party leader appeared Pan uh, sali park he was giving a press conference and we i know for a fact that he speaks english right he's foreign educated etc cetera, etc so of course in the interest of the international media i wanted to throw a question in english to him and i simply ask Mr. Peter Pan, how did Prime Minister Prayut react to the results? And he said then very dismissively, I told the Thai media already you can ask them. I said, No, please, in English, please. No, we only speak Thai here. Wow. So it, you can Was it
1: wasn't he wasn't in the mood, was he?
2: He wasn't in the mood at all. And I think he wasn't in the mood at all to, to entertain me or anything in English whatsoever. But I think that also goes to show you how how badly they were hit by all of this. One more point about Prayut is it's yeah, it is the end of the road for him. Shortly after he launched his military coup in 2014, he retired from military service, army general. But then, you know, he extended his rule as prime minister. And it seems to be at the point of this recording, the voters have decided to send him into political retirement as well.
1: So do we know then, we've dealt with a prior Janosha. do we know what the military, the military-backed parties, and importantly, the military-appointed senators are going to do next? It's clear as you've laid out, that the Thai people would like them to have a reduced role in running the country?
2: We have to make a bit of a distinction here. The, the military-backed parties, the political parties themselves, the United Thai Nation Party, the Palang Basarath, they are still licking their wounds. They are still mulling about what to do next because something tells me that they really didn't expect this and they had no plan B. But then, then you mentioned the senators, which, again, this is one of those political legacies of the military. We have 500 elected MPs in the lower house um, of representatives, but also 250 senators in the upper house, the Senate, and they were all appointed by the previous military government. The crucial thing is that in order to vote a prime minister, you need both chambers. You need a majority of 750 members of this chamber. And the senators are very likely to vote against Peter lim as a prime minister candidate. So whatever the new coalition has right now is not enough. They need the support of other MPs or even of other senators. Yes, there have been about two dozen senators that have said that we are going to honor the majority of the votes of the people. But then there are a lot of more senators that have been conspicuously quiet right now. And the fear right now is that they're not going to confirm Pita as prime minister, and we could end up with a prime minister and a government that the people didn't vote for. And of course, that could lead to more political conflict and more of the same political conflict that we have seen in the past 20 years.
1: OK, thank you very much, Saksith. I think we'll leave it there. And we'll, I'm sure, be speaking to you again soon.
2: Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me. Uh, great talking as usual.
1: Listening to Saksith, you would have gotten a clear sense that Thailand is eager for change, to move on from military rule with a government whose focus is on a progressive social and economic agenda. But even though the Election Commission has declared the Move Forward Party the biggest winner, there are still some uncertainties. Will their coalition hold? And will the Move Forward Party and its leader, Peter limjohn get the support of enough military-appointed senators to form the next government? To keep up with events in Thailand, you can follow Saksith on Twitter, at SaksithCNA, and on our mobile app as well. The TV version, CNA Correspondent, airs on CNA every Wednesday at 9.30pm. You can also catch up with it wherever and whenever you like on cna.asia. Do like and subscribe to this podcast version that takes you behind the scenes with our correspondents. Thank you for listening. Our podcast team is made up of Sae Wint, Crispina Robert, Clara Ong, and me, Steve Lai.